Hi, this is Better Red Than Dead. It's a literature podcast from a left perspective. I'm Megan. I'm Tristan. I'm Katie. And today we are going to be talking about Ernest Hemingway's The Sun Also Rises. So guys, why did we pick it? Why The Sun Also Rises? Um, yeah, so I'll go. <laughs> I I, uh, I love novels that are uh, are you know super chill and, and low key with their symbolism, uh, particularly Dick symbolism, uh, it would, which is definitely what I mean that that is what this novel is about. Um, if, you know, if you're going to write a whole book about that, uh, you know, make bullfighting a major theme. Uh, definitely end the book with uh, the image of a policeman raising his baton. Um, you know, very subtle, understated, um, and as I said, chill. Um, you know, the lost generation, I think is really compelling, uh, you know, and, and thanks to Gertrude Stein for, for, for the, that name. Um, and yeah, uh, you know, I, 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 I really hesitate to admit this, but I, I do like some of Hemingway stuff. Um, not all of canceled. it. Yeah, I know I'm canceled. I, I, that's canceled. totally, totally fair. Um, you know, I, like a farewell to arms. It's, I, it's terrible and boring and the misogyny just basically means that he can't write a woman character period um but other stuff and, and i think the sun also rises i would say is among that um you know hemingway's many anxieties are visible i think in really interesting ways um and also that very specific staccato writing style i think actually works for some subject matter um so yeah cool so um, I wanted to read this because I remembered the thing about the um, the 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 so the guy doesn't have a penis or his wiener is injured. He has a he has a war injury involving his penis, and my wiener, whatever you want to call it, Dick, I'll do whatever. We're not in health class anymore. Um, and so what I was hoping was that this whole book was about dicks. And in a way it is, but in another way it isn't. And so, but so like I had, I was ready to just go through and, and do like make up alternate titles for this. <laughs> and I only came up with two, which are Pride and Penisless and uh, Walt Disney's Dong of the South. And that was all I could do. And then the third one is just Moby Dick. Um, yeah. So I'm disappointed in myself and I'm, I wanted there to be more, um, more, more, dick in a box here um also so i have this theory that'll make more sense after um we get the synopsis but um this novel is literally the bachelorette and so <laughs> i am so into i'm just into that um it's a bunch of men like fighting bitchily who are dehydrated from being drunk, drunk all the time yes, yeah yes all the fucking time Yes. And also, I will say um, that as a child of divorce, I'm always excited to read Hemingway because all of the dialogue in all of Hemingway sounds like a like soon to be divorced couple caught in traffic on the way to their divorce attorney. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that does sound right to me. Uh, OK, I wanted to read it because I so I haven't read it in probably 15 years and when I read it in college, like I, I loved it, and I was also super repulsed by it. Um, and it, it's, yeah, it's like it's about dicks. It's about masculinity. It's, about, I mean, I will make this argument later, but it's like it's much more about the phallus than it is about a dick, right? Because it's like all of us agree that you don't have to have a dick to be a dude, and you don't have to like that. That's not the thing that makes you into a, a man. But this book is just like. That is its equation. Its equation is like dick, 
masculinity. Those are the categories that we know. That's what's recognizable to us. And so that is my obsessive thought about this book. But also that it's really repressed, but it's also never ever thinks it's pointing out the thing it's repressed about at every possible fucking second. Like, oh, you don't want to think about it. So we're going to like think about it obsessively at every fucking moment. And like, all we can do is like be guys with no dick energy and like fucking punch <laughs> each other out. Like that's our whole, yeah. that's the whole cause of this book. Yeah. Um, I also like in this very out of character way, uh, got super into the sports thing in this book. Oh, also boo. <laughs> <laughs> no, like the fishing I, stuff is dope. And also the bullfighting. I, I, you I, literally hear yourself. The fishing stuff is dope. I, God damn it. I, I love it. I agree. It's like this fucking book is def- <laughs> and Hemingway is interpolating me by my gender. And I don't like that. But that's where we are. You two are both like guys on a dating website who have taken <laughs> photos of yourself with a dead fish. Yes. <laughs> I am fully fine with that. I well, also, if you're gonna be bringing up the Bachelorette, then I think we've accepted gender interpolated subjectivity here. I I reject your <laughs> your limited notions of what the Bachelorette is. Yeah, it's it's uh, Disney princessiness is definitely for men. Um, <laughs> it is. It is. It really it really believes that that's who its viewership is. There's a lot of men on the show. Ergo, it is a man's show. Right, but they're all <laughs> identical to each other. Oh, what? like yeah, like the different men on a football team. I rest my case, Your Honor. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm like into sport. I guess I'm into sportsing right now. It's just it's the Western Conference playoffs. I'm really feeling it. I I you, when you say things like that, you become the mom from Charlie Brown, Peanuts mom. <laughs> And I can't hear anything. Ugh, okay. This is, I really like experimenting with getting out of my usual, my usual bubble, but here we are. Okay. So here's what we're talking about today. Uh, we're t- definitely talking about dicks and or the phallus and or the masculine project. Um, we're talking about drinking because that's all this novel is, is just, I had too much sherry and then fell asleep and then woke up two hours later to drink more. The scene at the end where they're like not as into drinking, they have three martinis each and then they go to a restaurant and have three bottles of wine. Yeah. And that's like low key for them. Yeah. Um, we're talking about aficion, which is this very cool butch category. Um, we're going to talk about sportsing, even though Katie's going to kill us. We're going to love it though. Modernism. And then we're talking about this crazy ass ending. Cool. Yep. Cool. Okay. So I'm going to do this like, I'm going to talk about modernism for a moment. It's not going to be very um, comprehensive, but I'm going to do my best. I know that you guys might want to prod me on this, but it's not, so I can't give a full picture of it. Modernism, which is this law series of movements that are artistic and musical and literary and aesthetic. Um, There's a lot of criticism too that comes out of modernism. So just for a sort of little slice, um, I think what we're taught sort of in college about like what modernism is, is that it's after the First World War and before the Second World War. Um, Although now, most of the scholars I know put it a little earlier. So Virginia Woolf says 
that on or about December 1910, human character changed, which is obviously a really bold claim, but um, but an interesting one. And then there are other modernist events that are earlier than the war. So the Armory Show, which was this giant art exhibition, first in New York and then in Chicago, and they exhibited Marcel Duchamp's Nude Descending a Staircase, which is this major work in modernist art. Um, that's 1913. So there are earlier uh, modernist moments. But um, the reason I point this out is because I think it's important to, when you're talking about a literary moment, to sort of say, like, there's not always just, like, one thing that makes something happen, right? It's, like, not just the war. It's other stuff, too. So, um, right, a whole host of dynamics. So modernism, capaciously speaking, describes the artistic movements of about 1910 to about 1940 that are based in formal, linguistic, aesthetic, and technical experimentation. Um, modernism is a very sceny movement. So, like, if you were giving somebody the history of hardcore, you could say, like, oh, I'm just going to tell you about DC hardcore, and they'd go, like, okay, cool. So it's like I'm just giving you a scene, and it's not very comprehensive, but you're going to get it anyway. So uh, Tristan totally knows what I'm talking about right now. I know what hardcore is. <laughs> I do. I do. Okay. I know what stuff is, guys. Yeah, I've heard. The I don't word. know what anything is. I don't know what shit is. But since Tristan like gets gets like needled for it, I get to skate under the radar, not knowing anything. It's well, I I can't believe I'm the knower of stuff. That's embarrassing for all of us. Uh. Okay. So. Okay. So if we're talking about Paris, which is what we're going to talk about with Hemingway, because that's where he hung out. It's not the same as being in Bloomsbury with like Virginia Woolf and Roger Fry and Vanessa Bell and all those folks, which is it's sort of like modernism. That's a scene. And, and I definitely it, know all those people. No question about totally. it. Totally. I believe every word you're saying. <laughs> uh, or if you're in New York and you're kicking it with like Langston Hughes or uh, Noah Larson, those people who we Harlem Renaissance folks, like that's its own scene too. But the Paris people are their own group. And so writers and artists flocked to Gertrude and her partner Alice B. Toklas's place to drink and talk shop. And I assume they only said casually anti-Semitic shit behind her back, as you would. Um, <laughs> I would called- You would say it straight to her face. Yeah, I would. That's how I do all my problematic behaviors. (laughs) It's like, just right. You're like, in front of Gertrude Stein, it's fine. Um, (laughs) I mean, if you're Ezra Pound, like, you're going to be fucking, you're going to, you're like, it's not going to be a secret. Uh, (laughs) But, so she called this community the lost generation. He, uh, Hemingway uses this expression in The Sun Also Rises. Um, For me, I think that sort of lostness is applied to Hemingway in particular because his work is very much in mourning about what um, is perceived to be lost. So a sense of human purpose, a sort of like consistent moral code, recognizable gender positions, often recognizable class positions, although he is not married actually to the sort of aristocratic model. Um, A national identity is sort of fractured at that moment. And so that is some of the stuff that she means by lost generation. It doesn't really scoop up all modernists, but it's good for Hemingway. Right. So that's yeah. just a a taste. 
Yeah, um, and and something you, you know, you talked about the capaciousness, sort of, of, of the of the the uh, the term, um, and that really, I mean, I, I've been thinking about that um, because, like, e even within like modernist prose, right, like what someone like Joyce or what Virginia Woolf is doing feels so different from what Hemingway's yeah. doing in a way that like, I mean, I think like my, the period that I study, like, you know, romanticism, for instance, like, like Percy Shelley and, and, and William Wordsworth, they, uh, they, they have very different politics, but I think like formally what they're doing is, is very much in dialogue with each other. Whereas it's kind of hard for me to think that like what Hemingway and like Joyce are doing around the novel is like the same thing if that makes right. sense. Right. I mean the, the positions that they're taking just for me is like what a novel does. Right. is different. And I think of Joyce in particular as like this is it's I, the, the link is not this direct, but he's really influenced by people like Bergson and even by somebody like Freud in that he accepts that our brains are associative. Mhm. Mm and that our sense of time is not particularly linear, but that it's subjective. And so for me as a reader, Joyce like fully goes there and he's right. into it. He's like, it's okay that we're not linear. It's okay that our brains are not perfectly logical. It's okay that we are not always knowable to ourselves. But Hemingway, like nothing is a problematic for him. Like nothing about the post-war world is okay. Right. If we can return to the, the associative brain, um, so my associative brain associates Joyce with um, liking to smell farts for sex reasons. <laughs> yeah. Very that, true. Sure. Yeah, that, that, that is, is well that, documented. Uh, so would anyone like to speak on that and expand our horizons of knowledge? Is this like a story from his letters? I'm confused. Yeah, oh, just, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's... Yeah, yeah his, Tr his Tristan, you sound like you know about this. No, I mean his letter. His, that, I mean that's all I know about it. But yeah, like, like to his, Nora. His, yeah, yeah, or about like how much he likes to smell her farts, <laughs> like, like at length, right? Like, yeah, yeah. See, I know that, like, just because that's not my kink, like, I like that Joyce is still like, here's my kinks. Oh yeah, no, I mean totally. I mean yeah. that you know. Like the, this, the sun also rises. A very definitively not sexually progressive book at all. <laughs> New jo Joyce, yeah, like nope. Joyce is letting his his freak flag fly. He is, and let it be known, I am not king shaming James Joyce. No, I'm no, no, merely no. associating <laughs> in the modernist fashion. Yes, exactly. Right, you're just like exactly. allowing. Yeah, you're just you're yeah. you're really like you're you're deeply Wolfian right now. I sure am. <laughs> So I'm going to do the summary. It's much easier than the previous ones, I think, because it's not too, it's not nearly so um, tortuous. But <laughs> okay, so our boy Jake Barnes is living in Paris. He's an American. He's from uh, Kansas City, I think. Mm -hmm. um, he's working as a journalist and he's tolerating his friend Robert Cohn, who is also a writer. He's a mediocre novelist. And he's flagged as Jewish from literally the first page of this book. It's like the first thing we learn about him. Um, Jake and Robert flail around drinking and running from bar to bar uh, in Paris. And then they run into Jake's old friend, Lady Ashley, who we know as Brett. It's her first name. Um, who he had known during the war in a way that's kind of hazy at first. But... Um, she is super gorgeous, but she's also a withered old hag of 34 and has been divorced a bunch of times. So she's problematic. Uh, reflecting on having known Brett during the war, Jake describes his 
injury. He also says that at one point that he's had an accident. And then at some point he says he has a war wound. But what we're led to believe is that he has this like mysterious genital injury that prevents him having sex. And that's the most important element of it. So um, also, and this is probably apocryphal, but when Hemingway sent a copy of this book to Scott Fitzgerald, he inscribed it, the sun also rises like your cock, if you had one, a greater Gatsby. <laughs> I need that story to be true. Like, I, that I, has to be true. First of all, I fully believe it yeah. to be true, just knowing what I know about both of them. But also, like, I was reflecting on this when I was thinking about the synopsis and reminding myself that, like, the more you know about history or, like, art history or literary history, the more you realize, like, how much of it is just characterized by, like, petty bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like, people being childish and, like, juvenile and, like, petty as fuck. Oh, totally. Like, literary history is all just, like, pissy pissy bitching about, like, I'm so mad at fucking Zora Neale Hurston or whatever. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's just pettiness all the way down. It's amazing. Uh, So, in book two, Jake and his best friend Bill have gone on an extremely romantic fishing trip. Um... (laughs) Before venturing, he catches six medium-sized fish, and Bill catches six fish of varying sizes. Which I remember <laughs> not having marked that page, Katie. The fish genius. We the have. <laughs> we have. We are. It is a beautiful mind for fish <laughs> for trouts. Yes, this is that that movie about Boston. Um, <laughs> whatever it is, Robin Williams, Good Matt Damon, hunting. Goodwill Hunting, Good Fish Hunting. Good fish fishing. Yes. Let's cut that out. (laughs) We'll remove that in post. Uh, Okay. They go on a very romantic fishing trip and then they venture to the fiesta at Pamplona where they are joined by Brett and her loudish fiance, Mike, who comes from Scotland and Robert Cohn, who has fallen in love with Brett because that's what the men do in this novel. Um, but not in a cute way like they did in Frankenstein. Not it, like they did in Dracula. Um, because what they do is instead of putting their blood in her, they cry and drink. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. punch each other. And punch Liquid. each other. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we learn that Jake is a bullfighting aficionado, as in he has aficion. And the Spanish hotelier loves this about him and lets, initially lets his friends get away with all kinds of bullshit because of it. Um, during the fiesta, everyone is wasted a hundred percent of the time. Uh, they get into bar fights, they go see the matadors and they drink out of wineskins. Uh, toward the end of book two, Brett fucks this extremely sexy young matador who is described at length as being the sexiest person they've ever seen. Um, and, and can we just talk about, talk about how, um, they speculate about how this young bullfighter gets into his clothing. Oh, that yeah. that like at at she says he paints it on. Wait, yeah. No, he or or maybe both, but also um, does he? She says, does he put his clothes on with a shoehorn? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's what right, she yeah. says. Like, right. like does she put, does he put his clothes on the same way my geriatric grandma puts on her orthopedic I shoes? Mean, those clothes are very tight. I've seen They're the I've tightest. Seen, I've seen that uh, the Madonna video from like ninety three, ninety four. She's talking about his butt. Talking awesome. about butts. Yep. Yep. Um, so she said she fucks the sexy young matador. 
Um, all the other dudes get mad, and then it's like we get a nice little callback to the fact that Robert Cohn was a boxer at Harvard, and he punches everyone out. Princeton. Yeah. Oh, Princeton. <laughs> Princeton. <laughs> Well, you know, I guess you have a dog in that fight. Um, the greatest Ivy. Yeah, sure. You know, all all kinds of lovely history there. Uh, so, okay, so everybody gets punched out and everyone's mad and out of money. And so Jake travels to San Sebastian alone. And so he has this, like, lovely sort of end of the moment where he's swimming. And then he talks about bicycles with this guy he meets and he reads the papers. <laughs> Um, then he gets a telegram from Brett and she's like, I'm in trouble. And so he goes to Madrid to rescue her because she's broken up with the sexy matador and she doesn't have any money. Um, so she's going to go back to Mike. And then the last scene of them, the last scene is of them. They're in a taxi in Madrid. And I don't remember the exact line, but it's something about like, couldn't it have been wonderful because they can't fuck. And so they're, they can't be a couple. On a different note. When we say the names, all I think about is Brett Kavanaugh, Mike, <laughs> Mike Hunt, and um, that's all I have. Yeah, they're uh, well, particularly the, the the boys in the novel. They all do have the same like it. Like well, Jake, when you said Jill make bike, I yeah, was like, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, when, when we were when we were sort of texting about this the other day, uh, Katie conflated the uh, all the letters. Which yeah, it's but it's right because it's like yeah, Jake, Mike, Bill, Robert. These are all the same name, pretending that they're different names. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I hate it. All, yeah, and I can't keep any. I don't remember any of them. And I'm for like, what's uh, fair? She has a man's name, yes, and yes, so it's not yeah, like yeah. she's yeah. all that helpful. Right, she's a man's name and a woman's name. Yeah, right. Figure figure that out. Yep. Well, you can't. Thank God for Pedro. Right, that, Pedro. Yeah, I forgot that was his name. But also, I'm trying to like do mnemonic devices, so I'm like, okay, <laughs> yeah. Napoleon Dynamite, got it. Right. right. Yes. Brett Kavanaugh, yeah. um, Michael Cohen, but with one less letter. <laughs> I oh well you're gonna mix up two characters that way i know but instead of talking around it as the book does what's uh we have to talk about what's up with his dick what the war injury might be without like speculating too much um what about uh i don't know yeah what's up with that Indeed. Okay, so there's a thing that people do, and I'm just this is just jazz right now. Um, there's a thing people do to make their flaccid dicks look bigger, and it's you cut like a like a ligament, uh, like a dick, the thing that fastens your dick to your body because it makes your dick look bigger when it's soft. But then your dick is just like kind of free floating. It's like a sock full of quarters and it's like not really attached to you. And so people have all kinds of like erectile dysfunction so that they can um, like, you know, make their dick look bigger, basically like in a locker room. Right. And, and so my question about this whole thing was like, okay, so is it something like that? Or is it like, because in the hospital, they're like, some other guy was like, Jesus Christ, you sure did get your dick blown off. Right. right. But so, so which one is it? And like, what's up with that? Yeah. So I like, I, can I, can I read from the part that is 
maybe the closest description that we actually get of, of what happened. Okay, so this is on 34. This is one of uh, he and uh, Jake and Brett's uh, numerous, like, kind of weepy, like, we, we, we can't, you know, we wish we could have sex, uh, which they conceive in, like, very, very uh, heteronormative way. Um, but uh, she, she, had been, she had been looking into my eyes all the time. This is on page 34. Um, her eyes had different depths. Sometimes they seemed perfectly flat. Now you could see all the way into them. When I think of the hell I've put chaps through, I'm paying for it now. Don't talk like a fool, I said. Besides, what happened to me is supposed to be funny. I never think about it. Brett, oh no, I'll lay you don't, Jake. Well, let's shut up about it. Uh, I laughed about it once to myself. She wasn't looking at me. A friend of my brother's came home that way from Mons. It seemed like a hell of a joke. Chaps never know anything, do they? No, I said, nobody ever knows anything. I was pretty well through with the subject. <laughs> At one time or another, I had probably considered it from most of its various angles, including the one of that certain injuries or imperfections are a subject of merriment while remaining quite serious for the person possessing them. It's funny, I said. It's very funny. And it's a lot of fun, too, to be in love. Like, yeah, it's fucking gangbusters, right? Like, I mean, right. I, well, but I, that's like that to me, even too, like that that oh like oh it's it's a joke but i mean it's obviously like not a joke i mean it's it's like the main psychological trauma for this character and also for brad too right i mean mm -hmm. it's it's a big deal um yeah but i th i think like i think that's the closest we get of any sort of description of what exactly it it is yeah that's the most yeah so that is the most they like that they talk about it mm -hmm. um it like sort of directly the only other time I think um, is when he is he's having sort of like a memory or flashback or something to this. Do I think it was a doctor. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. what I remember. He said, yes. like you gave your dick for your country, I think. Yes, yes, that's right. Um, so that made me think that he really is that it's gone. Right. That's how that's I, I have always that. perceived it. Yeah. Yes, I that me too. Um, uh, which also didn't didn't Hemingway he didn't he didn't lose his dick at the war, but he had some sort of entry where his like thighs were like lacerated by some kind of explosion. Yes. Um, oh, so, totally right. So like this is this is like this is like him like working the worst case scenario like that could have interesting. Emerged, but, okay, well, well it is like sort of thought about as um barely disguised actual events in Pamplona. Right. Right. Um. <laughs> The thing that's strange about this, okay, so so like the sexual politics of this of this novel make me think like that all of this high drama around his dick is because it's like only five inches, you know, like that is like the way that this novel behaves about like everything else, right? Right. So that so that's why it's just like because it's so because it's like um so because this is like actually quite it's like it's. So there's two things going on. One is that they're having this very strange, sad conversation about why they can't be together. And also Brett is sort of saying that it's a gift of the Magi thing where like, this is my, like, I, I had too many dicks. And so the dick I want isn't there. Right. Right. So there's like a lot happening. But all of the so like but all of the pathos around in this novel is centered around this thing that is this joke that just everyone's like wincing about. Right. Yes, it's not funny. Um, I just had a I just had a thought that this movie is like or this book is like that movie Multiplicity, where it's just the same you know that movie about the clones? Yeah. 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 
So all the guys are just the multiplicity guy. They're just <laughs> copies of like a racist grumpy guy. Yeah. And what does it mean like when one of them is is like yeah is 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 missing what this novel wants to take as being constitutive of like what it means to be a man. But he's the same he's the exact same character as the others but he right. has this lack, right? Like, right. Um, yep. And they all have totally. like some uh emasculating and again I like always put this in quotations like emasculating flaw by mm-hmm. which I mean like uh Mike Mike is out of money which I think we mm-hmm. can certainly perceive as being like an emasculating flaw and the yep. book again not endorsing this treats being a Jew as an emasculating flaw well, it, right. It's like the I, I just want the, the the like the way the the impetus um, for Jake to be like, oh, this is a like this is a funny haha story, um, which I mean, like, I, yeah, again, obviously, it's not, I mean, it, it you can't there's just aspects of this uh, book that are so like kind of over the top. It's so on the nose that it's hard to not talk about it in a very like, yeah, this is kind of just absurdly funny way. But, you know, I mean, it's a, it, it's a, it's a war injury. Like, you know, when a war that it killed 20 million people, I yeah. mean, it's, it's like massive trauma, but then like, and, and this, can I, can I just like, can I bring up the ending? Like, cause yeah, I, just, I died to talk yeah. about this. Okay. And so like, there are mo- even as horrible as these characters all are, I think just like objectively. So um, I do think that there's these really kind of beautiful moments of, of pathos that emerge, um, particularly between like Jake and Brett and, and, and uh, you know, Megan alluded to the, the final scene where they're, they have this very boozy uh, um, dinner in, in Madrid um, and they're drinking. Part of the reason they're drinking, I think is because they like, there's this longing between them um, that they, that they feel they can never get past because they, you know, they can't have the kind of sexual relationship they would like. And it's, you know, it's, it's kind of like heartbreaking, uh, you know, in, in, in the yeah. last few pages, mm-hmm. but that we get that. So they're, so they're riding this cab together. Okay. So, um, they're, they're hammered. They're riding this cab together. They're very weepy. Um, downstairs, we came out through the first floor dining room to the street. A waiter went for a taxi. It was hot and bright up the street was a little square with trees and grass where the taxis were parked. A taxi came up the street, the waiter hanging out the side. I tipped him and told the driver where to drive and got him beside Brett. The driver started up the street. I settled back. Brett moved close to me. We sat close against each other. I put my arm around her and she rested against me comfortably. It was very hot and bright and the houses looked sharply white. We turned out onto the uh, Grand Via. Oh, Jake, Brett said, we could have had such a damned good time together. Ahead was a mounted policeman in khaki, dire- in khaki directing traffic. He raised his baton, the car slowly, uh, suddenly pressing Brett against me. Yes, I said, isn't it pretty to think so? It's like, Dang, it, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, it's, 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 it's you know, it's like, yeah, they pathos, pathos, and then anyway, suddenly it's like, yeah, yeah, dicks. We're talking about dicks. <laughs> We're talking That's about what this big novel about. hard dicks. And like, how do you not just like yeah. roll your eyes or just start like fucking like laughing your ass off when you read that, you know, like. Because it just punctured. I mean, it it, it just that like every every like feeling uh, or pathos that had been building up to that point, just like to me at least, just like evaporates in that like uber presence of the symbol. You know, because I mean, I think it's like over over symbol over over symbolizing, but also just like I am not sympathetic in the way that I am supposed to be sympathetic to like your sadness about your penis like i i mean because it's not because i would feel differently if this character were not such a douchebag 
It is a true. I mean, it is a boner killer in, emotionally. <laughs> yes, it's absolutely. Well, the other thing is, this is like it is. It's this like it is quite. I I do find it to be quite sad, and and that moment is. Um, I think like aside from the the police baton <laughs> dick moment, <laughs> there's something that's quite tragic about it. And but but the thing is that they most certainly would have had nothing even approaching a good time. No, no, you know? no. And so, no, no, no. So, so of course the so the whole thing hinges on the fact that they don't feel like they can fuck in the way they want to. Right. And they also talk a little bit about the negotiate, like what negotiations they've done around this. Mm-hmm. And so, cause he's like, well, he sort of says at one point, well, like you could fuck other people. And then she's like, you wouldn't like that. And I wouldn't like that. And he's like, yeah, you're right. That would be terrible. So, there's like a lot going on. There's like a lot going on, but they're basically living in fantasy land together because he, because he's got this injury. Right. Because right. that's, that's what's allowing them to produce the conditions for them being like, we could have, we could have had it all. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. And, and, yeah. And I'd be like, I guess they do like they, their relationship with each other is probably the like well, the best like i want to put scare quotes around that but of like or like the most fulfilling in some way i, I don't know the word i'm looking for of any of the character relationships but precisely it's because it's built around this like this this lack this impossibility this and, and that it, yeah i mean katie what you said is absolutely right like no you absolutely would have not have had a good time together you were like completely broken people you know right. <laughs> um yeah yeah I mean, and that's the thing that's like, I don't, I think that like the novel wants to do, and for me, it doesn't achieve at all, which is that it thinks of this kid, like these men as like super resilient, right? So they're like busted by the war or they're busted by feeling broke or whatever. And, but that they're actually like really resilient and that they can just like move forward with their like fractured masculinity and still like, you know, move about the world. And I, I find the notion that the world would like continue with these people in it to be like so repulsive. Yeah. That I I I think I I find this book like way more cynical than probably like it's intended to be. Yeah. Yeah, well and and I think that that like that the the it is the overpresence of the symbol to me that sort of opens up that question. Like I mean is is that a moment at which Hemingway like cuz I do think he takes it, the, the the world that he's created and it very seriously, but like that 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 cynicism actually goes from being latent to sort of overt in those in those moments, you know. Um Yeah. Um, but but you're right, yeah. Like that 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 it's like that these men are supposed to be super resilient. It's like yeah, you don't you don't talk about your trauma. Uh, you know, you joke about it. Um, and you know, if if you're sad, then you should just drink until you pass out because that's how you that's how you deal with trauma. Or right? like punch each other. Or punch each other. Yeah. Right. Like that. These are the these are the solutions to the problem. And again, it's like I just want to reiterate that we're like the book takes dick injury to mean masculinity yes right yeah right it takes it to mean like phallus injury in the sense of like the ongoing social political gender construction that is like maleness or manness and like that's what it's 
fucking freaked out about like it's it's like fine it's freaked out about like that he and brett aren't having sex but what it's really freaked out about is like the overarching problem that just gets like symbolized in this way but of course it gets like displaced onto the other male characters too right or Mm -hmm. else it wouldn't be like mike wouldn't be flat broke and like again this this way of using like the jew as a emasculated symbol which is grotesque um but also that she is described as kind of butch right right Mm -hmm. right so like her command of all these relationships is also kind of problematic for the book because she has short hair and a man's name and bangs everybody Mm -hmm. but it's also like kind of deeply attracted to that too right like oh yeah (laughs) yeah oh yeah yeah. (laughs) even though it thinks she's a withered old hag like it's still very much in love with her yeah yeah well i think that the part of it is like it's that thing of like thinking you know seeing this woman that you think is really hot and and thinking that other people won't think she's hot so that you've got a better chance but then actually you realize like then it's actually just a person that everyone's attracted to when dudes start fighting over somebody it's often because they think they've got like they think they're entitled yeah oh absolutely well and i think all the men in this book think that they're entitled to her but also like for varying reasons but they also seem to have they are like very uh like mat they they're all like perceived to be under her spell or something Mm -hmm. yeah because i don't actually think reading this that her relationship with robert is like troubling to me i don't feel like she's sending like leading him on he's just behaving like a total butthole yeah like his behavior is troubling not not hers right right i don't find her behavior (laughs) troubling at all it's clear that they had a short affair and that she was like done and she has a fiance yeah and but he's like why aren't you in love with me and i'm like move a fucking on dude yeah Yeah. so i can't believe i'm gonna do this but i'm gonna defend bilbo baggins or whatever the fuck his name is (laughs) robert bobby who who is it robert 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 cone he went to princeton aren't you supposed to know his name Yes, I know we, all the Princetonian boxers. We should all be clear. The that, no, uh, we, should, we should be clear on it that Robert and not Bill, because I just find Bill generally indefensible, like across <laughs> the board. Um, I don't want to defend Bill, mostly because I still don't know who he is. Um, <laughs> Robert. There. R-O-B-E-R-T. We're talking about Robert. <laughs> yes. Robert is the one. <laughs> hey, he's on page one. Page one. Robert. Hey, Bobby. Um, okay, Robert is the one who is he, he's he goes on a little vacation, Airbnb with Brett, and puts the puts the D in at the Airbnb. Yes. And briefly. And then he is just tagging along. Everyone hates him yes. for for anti-Semitic reasons, let's yes. be honest. Yes. And he also was a boxer at Princeton. Who got his face smushed? Yes, mm-hmm. and also was kind of a nerd. So, <laughs> so there's this scene that's actually really sad to me, where he is sitting on. He's trying to like sit with Brett, and she's like, "I don't want to sit with you." Yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then she's talking to Jake, and she's like, "He like is being so annoying," and. I don't want to sit with him. And I'm saying this really loud because I know he's listening and he's so fucking annoying. Yeah. 
And then, so then he has a full tilt emotional breakdown, sobbing, crying. He's trying to fight Jake and he's trying to fight him. And then someone's like, well, you can't punch in the bar, which is like one of these classic, <laughs> just one of these classic rules men make because they don't really want to fight, you know? Right. Respect the bar, right? Like, yeah. yeah. Just anywhere outside the bar is fine. Yeah. Um, hold me back. Hold yeah. me back. Yeah, dude, if my friends weren't here right now. <laughs> yeah. If my yeah. girlfriend weren't here right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so that's like, so, so that's happening. And then, they get back to the hotel room and he like has punched Jake or slapped him or some fucking stupid bullshit Both thing. Both Jake and Mike. Jake and Mike. <laughs> because Mike thank God Jake. he didn't try to hit Bill because Bill is too tall. Right. Oh, <laughs> wait, is Bill, is Bill tall? Okay, I forgot that. So Katie, <laughs> like, you know how you brought up the whole Bachelorette thing? Yeah. And you know Tall how- Bill, short Bill. Yeah, exactly. So you know how you watch the first like 10 episodes- of the bachelorette and you don't like know anybody's name so you call them like tits or Mm -hmm. bad dye job or Mm -hmm. um you know tall hannah or tall Kristen or whatever her name is (laughs) yes so try to do that so you're like princeton robert princeton robert because if he were on that show he would never shut the fuck up about having gotten to princeton it would be the first thing you learned every like it would be the only it would be his quality he would be wearing a blazer with the school crest on it like yeah yeah anyway that was we took the long way we we bicycled around the mountain (laughs) we took a little jaunt around around the tennis court old sport chap (gasps) to talk about princeton robert and how sad it is that he had to punch somebody punch two people and i found that really sad and and then he's trying to make up with um, Jake. Mm-hmm. And he's like, won't you please just shake my hand? Right. Yeah. And they do this whole thing where it's like, I'm going to shake your hand. I never shake your hand. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're baby men. And this is like the thing that the book wants to have. It really wants to have it both ways, right? Like it wants to say they're stunted. They're oppressed. They have they have phallic, phallic anxiety. All of them. But also, like, they're fundamentally good dudes. Like, I think this book really thinks these people are fundamentally good dudes. Yeah, or, right, yeah, or or at least that there's a lot of... Or, like, Jake and Bill, I think it thinks are good dudes. Yeah, uh, yeah, and 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 maybe, yeah, maybe Mike, although we don't, I, Mike kind of is, the, I, like, none of them are that developed, but Mike is maybe the least. Yeah, and I think that's why, that, like... I mean, I so, think the fact that he's such a leech is, right. like less compelled like that the book hates that he's a leech right um and i I think one way that like we might you know as readers want the book to be like better than it is although i do i do think it's it is interesting in a lot of ways is that we want it like so right so it's acknowledging that all of these guys are like are you know kind of broken like they're 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 uh they're broken they're 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 problematic uh characters but that it but that yeah but like that um it, that it it also like we wanted to go one step further and be like because this like masculinist ethos that they're also subservient to is also ridiculous and I think in those moments like not to belabor the point about like the overpresence of the the symbol but like when like that comes through like I you I kind of want to read that as the book like 
like kind of mocking the ridiculousness of like this masculinity. But I think that that's just fundamentally wrong. Like, I right. Mean, I, think, I mean, I think that's what I want. Yes. Um, and, and like maybe it does sort of like subconsciously, but the conscious intent of heavyweight, I think, is very much like, no, masculinity is awesome. And it's very sad that the war like ended that for everyone, you know. And it also put everybody it that it ended it for everybody, but it also put everybody in a position of being problem gender, right? So it's like, oh, the Jews are going to the Ivies, I guess now, and like right. the formerly moneyed are broke, and the women look like men, and the men no, don't have penises anymore. You know that it's like really <laughs> fucked up about that. It's yes. not. It's not like um, it doesn't play with gender at all. It's very rigid. Yeah. Yeah, and that's what I mean about like when you read other modernist novels, there are people who are much less fucked up about that. Like Virginia Woolf is really noteworthy in that she's just like not fucked up about the fact that gender is troubled, right? And Joyce is like a lot less fucked up about that too, right? Right. But Hemingway, this is why he's like the exemplar for sort of lost generation stuff. Is that like this is itself a crisis, right? Yeah. That, so yeah, what you so what you're saying about um, Hemingway's attitude about all this stuff that's going on in the world and how it's chaos and like that makes a lot of sense. That helps me understand some stuff that's going on stylistically. Mm-hmm. I think okay. because it seems to me that for Hemingway, uh, contradiction is the same thing as complexity. I agree. Mm. And so that's like, that's why in from the page one, we get stuff like, um, this guy was a huge, tiny, slow, fast, skinny, fat, sugar-free, high fructose, (laughs) Jewish boxing dork, um, and like, fuck you, Princeton. Right. 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 Because it's all, it's just, it's, it's getting at that anxiety. The anxiety over like a loss of coherence and the search for coherence. That is like that's that is what like bullfighting is doing. In the oh novel, yeah, right? that it's like. But this is the arena that like it like in, in you know in a figurative and literal sense where like masculinity still is masculinity because you get dressed up in these very tight elaborate costumes and fight with a bull. You know, like that 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 um that they're they're it's like positing that and and probably sport more generally to go to your kind of point, Katie. Um, as it's like the sphere in which you still can have this that sits in some kind of distinction to the like corrupted modern world where you can't have that anymore. I think it's also like, and I hadn't thought this before, but I think it might even be sort of obvious, which is that like the bullfighting is the most aestheticized object in the book by a mile. Right. So it's like the most gorgeous descriptive moments are about like, the matador and the cape and the bull and like that's its aesthetic favorite is is the bullfight and that's really like every that's everything this book gives a shit about intensified it's like masculinity it's about like the distinction between like appearance you know because like we know that it's very important that we all know that um not montoya what's romero the bullfighter yeah pedro romero yeah yeah the, he's like really good it's but that sometimes it doesn't look good because the bulls are too small or whatever but it right. like no it's that he's really good he's not a fraud right and and it's hyper hyper aestheticized and that that is that's an interesting thing to me that it's like because most things about their lives are like gross and 
involve getting in fights and stuff. Yeah. And and I think the fact that it is aestheticized violence too is is really important to Hemingway and like what he's doing with this kind of lost sense of masculinity. Cause because that's one of the things that like like the one of the like many like reactionary uh things about why the the war was so uh awful uh, not that it killed 20 million people but that it was just that like the, the, that just like yeah when you when you get like when you get killed by a cow a cloud of poison gas that that doesn't that's not like the night on horseback there, right. there's all this talk about like how uh, like the, the 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 air war the pilots were like the last nights of the it, it's because all of the shit that's happening on the ground which is i mean just absolutely absurd and 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 disgusting and but and I think that that is what it's into about bullfighting that you still get like yes it's violent and it's gory but it's like it looks cool and like you can you can like romanticize it in a way that the mass violence of the war you just it just def- it it defies any attempt to like aestheticize it like that right you can't have like an heroic aesthetics in nearly the same way whereas a bullfight is like the definition of a heroic aesthetics because it's you it's one guy mm-hmm. against this like what 2000 pound animal right and so it's just like your skill your like fancy pants and an animal that could easily kill you like there's right. no um the risk is so high and right. so it feels like the ultimate like masculine resuscitative activity right is right. that it's like i'm gonna kill it with my sword he mm-hmm. and like literally take my my life is at risk at yeah. every possible moment Right, but but which is different from your life being at risk as one of like a million dudes sitting in a muddy hole who right, right. are going to like the whistle blows and you're going to pop up and immediately get mowed down by a machine gun. That 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 version of risk is not what the risk of the bullfighting ring is. Um, yeah, what in Spain do like because because like because Spain wasn't in, involved in the the war, right? Um, right. That it is like. I don't know. It's like preserved, like a kind of Europeanness that like the other countries have lost as a result of this. Like it, it just feels it feels like antique in some right, way, and right? it feels like, like bucolic, and also that there's like a peasantry, right? Like a very romanticized yeah. peasantry too. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, that's what I mean. Like that yes, they he yeah. he really thinks of it as being like authentic in some particular kind of way. Like when they're riding in the truck and they're all drinking with the, with the, pe- the Spanish peasants out of the wine skin. This is like, yeah, it's like, it's like a, it's like the Spanish version of like a John Constable painting or something like that. Right. Like, He's you know. even mildly distressed that, uh, Romero speaks English. Oh yeah. Right. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Because it makes him too like modern, too much a part of like the sort of that there'd be something about bullfighting that would be not about aficion but about like a market or that he would sort of like, you know, he would become famous or something like that's a problem to him. Right. Right. Because bullfighting is about love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's, yeah, I don't, I'm not, we've referred to the FSEON a few times. I'm not sure if we ex- explain what it is, but, it, but, it, but it's like, I think it means passion. Is that yeah. right? And it's the, it's the word that, uh, that Montoya, the hotelier who's like the, the big bullfighting fan and, uh, and Jake used to sort of describe their mutual love for this, this blood sport. Um, yeah, it's, uh, like and it's, he's it's, been in Pamplona before and Montoya knows Jake. Right. And he's like convinced that he has this like secret masculine quality that's like aficion. Right. Like they have this, they have this weird, like kind of a semi silent conversation where they just exchange like knowing glances, like, mm, yes, like this is like, you see that bullfighter? Like, yes, he's clearly like going, yeah, he's, he's someone to watch, you know, 
Um, and they have all these like secret uh, criteria about like mm-hmm. what makes somebody awesome at bullfighting that I always still like, oh, he has sexy legs or what? Like, yeah. I never know what the fuck yeah. they're talking about. But OK, here's the thing, though. The thing about bullfighting is that it's not exactly like you just you versus a bull. Like it's a it's rigged. Yeah. So like that's the, the other book thing. Doesn't too, is, doesn't talk about it as no. there is though. No, it doesn't. But I think that is sort of important because it is right. theater. It's not hmm. the same as like other violent pursuits. Like it's not even the same as getting right. into a fist fight. There it's it's there's much more control and it's much more for an audience and so like it is this like hyper masculine thing but it's also like the whole thing about like the clothes are so tight and like etc etc it also has something to do with the fact that like it's not it it purports to be man versus nature but in fact it's really not that at all right oh interesting no right it couldn't it couldn't be more manufactured um and yeah well, that makes me think differently about, like, whether the novel knows right. that or not. It's a good question. Because I, if it did, I would feel quite differently, right? That it's, like, it is aware, that it would make yeah. it much more self-aware. Um, so, Katie, why are you so mad about sports? <sighs> well, because <laughs> I, I hate sports. I love sports. I want to do sports, but I can't do sports. Um, <laughs> I, this is a sore, this is a sore subject for me. You two know this. Um, I came in second in my office March Madness pool. Um, this is one of the worst things that ever happened to me. I've led a very blessed <laughs> life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, yes. I, whenever like, you know, the, the, like the, the Phillies like lose the world series, which, which almost never happens because they usually suck and never get anywhere near that. I also like for at least the next six months, I'm like, sports are awful, stupid. Like, no one should ever do this. We'll talk to me in two weeks because game two is tonight. Yeah. And so, like, we will see how I feel. The, the Sixers almost made it to the next round. That could have been a, a Sixers uh, 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 Blazer series. That would have been. See, that would have been fun, <laughs> except that I have no, like, particular ire directed at the Sixers. <laughs> Gritty sure is orange. <laughs> yes, he is. And an anti- Gritty sure is orange. And, an, and a hero of the yes, people. Yes, an anti fascist icon, amazingly. Uh,. So you're just mad at sports as a matter of principle. I'm mad at sports because I don't understand sports. People are always talking about sports and I don't know what they're saying. I don't understand the words and I'm bored when I try to watch sports. I feel the way about sports that I do about Game of Thrones. But all the sports in this book are like just you, like one guy and his his fucking cause. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like guy versus bull or guy versus fish or guy versus bicycle yeah yeah in the epic contest of man v bicycle who will go on top i just i don't want to like like you know the rules of how fishing works uh i do i i mean (laughs) it's fishing a sport i uh, yeah well okay (laughs) um but also tennis oh you hit the ball back and forth, back and forth. Mm-hmm. Yes. They're not good at it. <laughs> In the book, they're not good at it? No. They're not like, they're not, they're, they're not the Williams sisters. They're not right. great at tennis. No, they're not. 
Well, right. They're hobbyists. They are. Yeah. And they're not, they're not even going to attempt to get into the ring with a bull because they would die. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's like the only smart decision they make. Okay. Katie, yep. you have, do you have questions for us to wrap up? I do have questions for you Yay! to wrap up. Okay. I do. Yeah. I sure do. Is it a BuzzFeed quiz? Because I don't want to be any of these fuckers. I like the BuzzFeed quiz. <laughs> it's not a BuzzFeed <laughs> quiz this time. Okay. Um, yeah, no. It's it's different questions. Um, okay. So here's – riddle me this in this in this novel. Everybody has like 75 hobbies and plays professional Uno for money and does 95 <laughs> sports, but has never, ever received even a single social cue correctly. Yes. <laughs> True. So I feel like um, I feel like picking up on the subtleties, uh, understanding being kicked under the table and what that means, that that is also sort of a sport. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so so my question there is um what uh what social sport um do you consider uh to be the most manly and masculine? So so I consider like um under the table soccer matches when someone's being annoying. I think that is um that that one really really revs my engine. Um okay. <laughs> So like so just imagine you're in a situation you're trying to telegraph something to someone. Mm-hmm. Um right. you have to be you have to kind of pick it up. Okay. So like make it into a sport. Make it into a sport. Oh, good mm-hmm. call. Okay. I mean my favorite butch version of that is like um in like intense eye contact mm-hmm. that you force yes. somebody not to look away from right. because uh it's the I, I find it to be like the most effective, but also like you can communicate with your eyebrows all kinds of different um interpretations. Right. Yeah, and I'm trying to figure out what I, I like what is that sport called? Oh, like so a name for it too. Um I feel like it's something more like doubles tennis because you want you have to be like working together. Yeah. 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 But like how do I telegraph that? I don't know. But that's like what I find the most. I mean, it can also totally backfire you if you're like at, um, you know, a terrible poetry reading and then you make direct eye contact with somebody and you're like, we're going to laugh. Right. So, <laughs> and then it's like, that's my boyfriend up there. <laughs> so, no, no, no. So like direct eye contact with a really good friend who, you know, feels the same way that you do. And you're right. like, this is oh, well, bad. right. Um. <laughs> So I'm not sure what sport this would correlate with, but something that I was thinking was that, like, uh, you know, I mean, the 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 the, the cultural stereotype uh, of of like uh, masculinity is be like, oh, you say what's on your mind, you get things done. But mostly, particularly like when you get to middle age, which like I'm right on the verge of, um, I find <laughs> men are like super passive aggressive and whiny. Actually, like you know, yeah. uh, so like so you don't you don't like actually confront like the the friend who is doing the like weird social thing instead. You're like I don't I don't want to eat there. Like oh this is spicy. Like is it you know so but but like like it's just too spicy. You know like that kind of shit. Um, uh, which by the way I I, I flatter myself is not stuff that I do, but I'm sure I do some asshole version of this. Um, but like I like I'm not sure like what social sport that would correlate with. Uh, like being whiny and passive aggressive. Maybe like debate. 
Like, is that, is oh, God. Is that a sport? <laughs> I like that you said debate is a sport because it really, because it's like it fits in with like the, oh, I play, I play competitive Uno for millions <laughs> yeah, of dollars. Exactly. <laughs> well, they air like the spelling bee on ESPN2 or whatever, right? Yeah. Like that's, I mean, it's like really nice that they, they like, um, through us nerds a bone like that yeah yeah you know that they were like you have a sport it's saying words out loud yeah yep um do we feel do we feel happy with the way we um have sportified yeah we do yeah. okay all right here's question question uh number two is um this novel is mostly about uh three guys between three anywhere between three and five guys i have no idea um <laughs> Who all stand a queen, uh-huh. and uh, so it turns them into sobbing buffoons, basically. Um, and so I am wondering if you were part of this, uh, this this queen standing endeavor. If you were a contestant on this version of the Bachelorette, where would you take Brett on a date that would make her pick you as opposed to these guys? Uh-huh. You mean besides the bullfighting ring? You can take her to the bull shirt, sure, but but you, that's risky because you know what happens when she goes to the bullfighting. Right. There's a cute man in hot in hot tight pants. Yeah, right. It's fraught with peril. Right, but she doesn't want to like. Do you take her to the top of the hillside and then she has to like reflect on how on what your real character is? You got to be careful because you don't want her reflecting too much on you. No, you don't want women to reflect too much. Period. Unless their hair is very short. <laughs> I mean, I think I'm just going to go with the old safe three martini lunch. Yeah, the bu- the yeah. bar. That's true. Uh, I I would uh, like. Yeah, I mean that. I think that's what I was thinking too. The only thing that I mean, if you wanted to play like Shaky real weird, right? Like uh, because there is that that she like you know uh, where Jake is, they're at the bullfighting ring and Jake's like, oh don't don't look when the horse gets gored, and she's like, no, I'm actually <laughs> super into the horse getting gored. Like, oh yeah, I kind of feel like you're like, hey, you I you know like let's browse the internet for some super shady fucking shit you know like, <laughs> like, like, like but yeah you know. yeah. yeah oh actually yes yeah. actually that's right uh you could totally take her to a cockfight by the way um i don't know if you guys know because i'm from delaware uh as i said at the, <laughs> um, the state bird of delaware the fighting blue hen is a cockfighting chicken that's why it exists it is the mascot of the university of delaware we have a very proud and extremely classy history in the, in the state of delaware that's amazing. Wow. I congratulations, Delaware. That really wow. kills all the like Oregon University of Oregon ducks stuff. <laughs> yeah. Now um, now I'm feeling very beta. <laughs> a duck. A duck. Yeah. We should talk about ducks' penises. <laughs> ter- ducks terrifying penises. Mm-hmm. They're corkscrew penises. Um Rucker's mascot is actually a blunt. A blunt, it is. <laughs> no, it's not. Oh. Sure it is. Just in practice. Sure it is. Spiritually, it's a blunt. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Technically, it's a scarlet knight. Whatever. Oh that right, is. yeah, no, I, I, yeah, I do. No, it's not as cool as. No, it, I was. Gonna, as I, I didn't actually think it was a blood, but I wondered if maybe like the Rutgers students, like you know how like like Cornell is big red or some dumb shit like that. This right. Like no, we need a mascot. Let's make it a fucking blunt or something. You know. Well, I did maroon. like this when Stanford yes, abandoned their Indian mascot. They went with trees. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know, of all the things, that ain't so bad. You're right. But no. uh, yeah, take her to a cockfight. Take. Do you think think they still had rat baiting in 1925? Oh, maybe. 
Probably, yeah. Because rat baiting sounds very cool. It does, yeah. That's when you jack off a rat, right? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's not when a Jack Russell Terrier kills a hundred rats and a hundred rats in under a minute. Yeah, I didn't think it was. That doesn't sound right. Yeah. <laughs> it's when you jack off a rat. Yep. <laughs> I feel like yeah, she's kind of she's got a dark side. Yeah. So I think taking her out for a cockfight would be a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, after like three, after three martinis. Right. Yeah. Cool. This, this was good. We we collaborated on this one, and I think yeah. wound up in a really in a winning place. I think we're I all like very it. happy. Yeah. I think so too. Um, your third and final question is: um, Fuck, Mary, kill <sighs> Sam, Tread, J- Jeff. Oh God! Like, <laughs> wait, I had I, I had a feeling that you were going to ask this one, and I got to. Th- this is the one that kept me up at night, just because I don't. How the fuck do you differ? Like, how do you even begin to put these guys into category? So here's what I came up with. Um, one, I don't okay. even want to consider like Cone just because I'm like, th- this isn't a character. This is a collection of anti-Semitic stereotypes. And I'm just not, right. you know, like, I'm not, I, I don't want to, I don't, I, I'm not going to, you're not going to force me to taxonomize him or in a semi way. Um, so I think the order is Mike, Jake, Bill. Jake primarily because he seems the easiest to deal with on a lot. He's just going to get weepy and, you know, um, Mike, I mean, we don't know that much about him. He's an asshole, but you know, he's Scottish. So he's probably has a cool accent. So fine. So like he, he, so so Mike, fuck Jake, Mary and Bill. I just fucking hate Bill. He like, the only thing I know about him is that he's racist. (laughs) Like that's it. Um, and so for me, it's, I, I, I feel pretty sad on this order actually. I'm actually going to, like, I'm going to marry Jake, but I'm going to flip the other two because Mike's drunken antics make me anxious. Yeah, true. He's He, he doesn't seem like a particularly uh, safe or stable person. <laughs> and, like, he is literally the drunkest person in the novel. And I know this because he gets, like, special diction, like, nine-tenths of the way through the book, where his words are broken up into pieces. Right. That's, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Right. So it's like mellow vision, but for talking. For talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's given like that weird modern, you know, modernist prose. And I was like, okay, so you're the drunkest person in the novel. I'm definitely not going to, I'm going to kill him for sure. Okay. But that is like, I am not confident with that uh, typology. Like, I'm, I'm not like, I don't want to fuck or marry any of these people. No, I see that. I, 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 yeah, I mean, I feel like Bill's just, Bill's just like a frat dude. Can I fuck Brett? Oh, right. Yeah, she's in the. She, sure, why not? Yeah. Oh well, yeah. Then I. <laughs> that doesn't seem bad. No, that that okay. That yeah. That so I'm yeah. I'm I'm gonna kill both Mike and Bill. Yeah, I'm very comfortable with yeah, that. Okay, okay. Yeah, I feel like even though we cheated. Yeah. That's fine. But, but Jake is still married though, right? Because he's the one. He's like, like Brett would. He just seems like the least uh, awful to li- like to get along. Yeah, with. like Brett, like long term basis, that would be bad. No, she seems like kind of. Well, she's been. She just seems to like want to fuck who she wants to fuck, which is like fine. But it's not for me in a marriage, right? Well, and also be like, I mean, she is probably the the. the I mean, Mike is the drunkest, but she's she's damn close to Mike, right? She is, yeah. yeah. Okay. Also, but everybody who's else to your is wedding? Close. What's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, true. Who would she invite to your wedding? Her friends are terrible. Right. Her friends are absolutely the worst, right. and they're she still going to be the drunkest men, right? <laughs> yes true the re no the reason why you think she's better than these guys is because she fought she 
she's not in fact a diamond. She just she just surrounds herself with turds <laughs> and <laughs> the zirconium yeah. shines shines bright. Yeah, that's true. That's true. true. I mean, do I not want to marry a Princeton guy? No, never. Right. Never mind. Go, go Tigers. Yeah. Oh, is that what Princeton is? Yeah, the the orange. Black, oh, black the, and orange, that's right. Fight in orange. Yeah. <laughs> fight they in are orange. certainly think some things about themselves. Yeah. Princeton University, the finest university there ever was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, boy boy do i love it (laughs) we're we're keeping that that's for sure (laughs) put that at the beginning of every episode it's for instance it's good it's good we like it Uh, everybody is happy yeah Mm -hmm. okay those are good questions thank you all right this this was lit af thanks i love talking about dongs um okay so this has been better red than dead you can find tristan on twitter at tj schweiger you can find katie at katie crywo you can find me at tusslersaurus you can find the show on twitter at better red pod r-e-a-d and email us at better at gmail.com but only if you want to guess which literary figure mentioned today shares a name with my french bulldog um i don't think it'll be too difficult to guess on the next episode we are talking about the scarlet letter i think we are all extremely turned for it Um, oh hell yeah very much more on the repressed and less mad at um adulteresses than this book uh we also have pride and prejudice on deck and we're talking about 1984 pretty soon so that's going to be great. Our theme song is Love Bronstein by the Redskins, and our logo was created by Jane Bonsack of JB Design and Content. Over there, over there.